Hey there. And uh, welcome this morning. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful December weekend. And uh, whether you're here at Cascade or joining us uh, at one of our other campuses or one of our other spaces, this is a, kind of a hallmark day in the story of Ada Bible Church. Uh, in about uh, 20 minutes, I will be joined by some people on these uh, chairs uh, behind me, and we will have the sacred passing of the baton, a ceremony in which Pastor Aaron Bewer will become the new senior pastor of Ada Bible Church. And so just uh, the baton, it's a running metaphor. We're in a relay race. One runner finishes their leg of the race, passes it uh, to, the next, uh, to the next runner. So we'll be using a baton as our image today. And uh, this is a, kind of like a mile marker event for us and the kind of event that calls, I think, for some thoughtful comments, both about the values that have brought our church family to this point but also the values that are likely to sustain us and to help us thrive uh, at points in, uh, in the, the future. And so I uh, just want to lead with a question, and the question is, how did, we, how did we get here? I mean, the Ada Bible Church of today, how did we get here? Uh, Chris and I, our first weekend at Ada was uh, in this house structure, it's 40 40 years ago. We were 21. It was before my fourth year of Bible college. About uh, 25 people meeting in a house on a dirt road. Now, we didn't start with nothing. I mean, when I say there are 25 people, there were uh, six to eight deeply devoted, incredible uh, families that were part of the church at that time. But over the years, we've somehow emerged as a kind of a solid ministry in the greater Grand Rapids area with four healthy campuses. How did that happen? How did we get here? Last March, Ada Bible Church hosted a conference uh, for the region. It was called uh, the Recourage Conference. We held it at our East Paris campus, and we had over 700 Ministry and nonprofit leaders attend that day just for a day of encouragement to them. It was just a phenomenal honor to be able to build into area leaders in Grand Rapids. So this, this honor of being able to be a ministry that encourages other ministries on a kind of a larger scale, how did that happen? How did we get here? And I think that the simplest and most accurate answer, you would just say, Jeff, the blessing of God. And that is so true. That is so true. You just feel that you're, you're blessed by the Lord. Uh, but on a human level, I would suggest that there are certain behaviors that tend to invite the blessing of God, and there are certain human behaviors that tend to repel the blessing of God. And so from a human standpoint, I would like to point just to three values, and not uh, to whack, and each of these values, I'm going to tell a couple stories, right? So, but not to wax reminiscent about the past, but because these values, I think, these values could serve any ministry in any part of the world in any decade. And so I think they not only have served us, but could serve almost any ministry at any time. So uh, these three values, and the first one I would like to point to and share a couple stories is just the value of humility, the value of humility. And by humility, what I mean here is a spirit of humble servanthood. And uh, 
in Philippians, the, the Apostle Paul is writing a Jesus community in the city of Philippi. He wrote this in Philippians chapter 2. He said he made himself nothing. He's talking about the creator of the universe coming in a manger. He made himself a nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. And the reason Paul wrote that in uh, what we have as the letter to the Philippians isn't just to remind them of how Jesus came. He's coaching them on humble servanthood. A couple of verses right before that, he says, uh, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's a spirit of humble servanthood. Uh, later, Jesus would attract around himself uh, disciples, a core of 12 disciples, and he would share this with them on one occasion. He would say, I am among you as one who serves. I think they're in an argument over pecking order. Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? Who's in? Who's out? Who matters? Who doesn't? And Jesus reminded them, I am among you as one who serves. In a similar argument at one point, as they were jockeying for position, Jesus said, look, and he, sometimes he called himself the son of man. He said, the son of man did not come to be served. The son of man came to serve and to give up his life. And so his followers, a core of his followers, would be marked by the spirit of humble servanthood. So uh, a couple stories. Uh, last summer is a mid-July. Uh, Chris and I, we have a granddaughter, uh, seven years old, who has Down syndrome. And her mother was taking her to camp that week. Not the kind of camp where you go and sleep overnight and you're gone for a week. But it's kind of like a day camp, dropping her off for, I think, three or four hours a day. Now, the question that might run through a mom's mind when driving your child to uh, an activity day like this is, is how it will be staffed. Later that day, day one, I received a text from my daughter telling me that the event for all of these kids with Down syndrome was totally staffed by Ada Bible Church Lifeline students. I cannot tell you what that did for my heart. When uh, the ministry that I get to be part of had intersected with a treasured family member, it, it, that, that week, uh, that week in mid-July, it was part of a youth event called Serve Grand Rapids where 250 middle schoolers and high school students gave a week to serve organizations around Grand Rapids. My friends, that is something that is in the heart of the ministry of Ada Bible Church that has carried us to this point. Humility, it's a heart of humble servanthood. So four of the most powerful words in our ministry are the words... We're here to serve. Four of the most powerful words in our history and for our future are the words, we're here to serve. Uh, can, I, uh, can I get you to play along? Can I get you just to whisper those words with me? Ready? We're here to serve. So let's go back to the beginning of COVID. I know we want to forget COVID, so I apologize in advance for dragging you back in. Early days of COVID, stuff shuts down. Schools, schools close down and go online. Uh, restaurant, dining rooms are closed. Sporting events, theaters, churches, etc. And uh, Ada Bible Church had been, we had had an online product for, for, for some years. And so we, we were already doing an online service. There are, were a ton of ministries in our area that had never entered the waters of attempting to figure out how to do an online service for their congregation. And so we kind of put out word that if there's a church that needed to go online and felt a little lost, uh, at, at the time, our, uh, he's our missions uh, director now, but at the time, Jeff Abbott was uh, overseeing broadcast technology. And so Jeff would step in and offer advice, and in a few cases, offer equipment to these ministries. And so 
ministry started emailing and then started calling. And in that first few months of our COVID season, Jeff was able to assist 60 ministries in being able to connect with their congregations online. One of the most uh, touching phone calls that came in, a guy calls, gets in touch with Jeff Abbott, and his opening line is, we heard that you're the church that helps churches. I'd put that on our logo. That is applause worthy, by the way. Uh, uh, we heard that you're the church that serves churches, and that's not, that's not the last time we heard that statement. Uh, so uh, servant, humble servanthood doesn't begin with us. It's it, be, it begins with the Christ who humbly, come, humbly comes. I am among you as one who serves. And it's entering his life, a life of humble servanthood. Uh, without this humble servanthood thing, we cease to be us. We're not us without that. Do you know how many individuals serve each other because, you know, you serve the community and you serve other ministries, but serve each other here at Ada Bible Church across four campuses. Take hospitality, weekend hospitality. In addition to hospitality, throw in those who serve in Discovery Village, our children's ministry. Then those who are a volunteer for leaders in our Lifeline ministry. Those who host small groups or lead small groups. Do you know how many individuals we have here that serve routinely? Over 3,000 of you that serve each other on a regular basis. It's so... Uh, so what, how did we get here? You know, how, did we, how, did, how did we get here? Uh, extract this value of humble servanthood. We're not us and we're not where we are. Value number one, humility. Value number two is unity. It, by unity, I don't mean everybody seeing eye to eye on every decision all the time. That's not what I mean by unity. By unity, I mean uh, a spirit of humility and patience that allows a group to arrive at a unified decision that then allows for forward movement. Uh, in the letter of the Apostle Paul to believers living around the city of Ephesus, he wrote this. He said, he said make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He's writing Christian people here. He says, listen, make every effort to keep a unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, unity is not everybody seeing eye to eye all the time, but it's that, it's that humility and patience to be able to arrive at unified direction. And so just, a, just two stories on how this uh, has served us in the past. And the first one is a long time ago. We're talking, we're talking 25 years ago, and it had to do with our exit from this building, our Ada Drive, uh, our Ada Drive building. We met in that uh, facility for exactly seven years. Uh, third Sunday of January 1990 to third Sunday of January 1997. And that, so we were in that house, right? Then we moved into a high school as we were building that. Then we moved into this building, seated like 200 uh, people. And uh, we built that building with volunteer labor, which sounds really cool. <laughs> as I recall, <laughs> wasn't that fun. So we get into that building, church begins to grow, we outgrow the building, and the church family of Ada Bible Church voted unanimously 
to sell the building that many of us had built with our own hands. Unanimous vote. Now, that isn't where the conversation started. That's where the conversation ended. There, we moved into a high school set up every week, tear down every week. We didn't own property at the time. We didn't know where we were going to end up. So it was selling a church home and moving into no man's land where we figured out the next step. And there were memories attached to that building. There were (laughs) couples that had been married on that platform and families that had met to have funerals on that platform. So there's a kind of emotional connection. And then there's that, wait a second, sell the building now, what now? And we're selling to them, we're selling to that group. And so by unity, I don't mean everybody seeing eye to eye, every decision all the time, but we had the capacity with a spirit of humility and patience to arrive at a unified decision to move out of that building. You say, yeah, cool story. No. My friends, decisions like this shred congregations. Decisions like this routinely shred congregations. So every once in a while, I'll I'll, I'll be approached by someone, sometimes a pastor saying, okay, you guys are this little church and now you're this larger church and how did you do that? And often I get the sense that they're looking for the secret sauce. (laughs) And the first answer almost always out of my mind, out of my mouth is, oh, unified godly leadership. It's not strategy, it's not innovation, it's uh, the ability, the capacity to arrive at a unified decision that allows for forward movement. It's absolutely critical to us becoming us. Uh, one a second story, and it has to do with a baton pass we're celebrating today to uh, Pastor Aaron Buer. Uh, our elders, our larger group of elders, voted unanimously that uh, I would be allowed to slide out of the driver's seat to take a secondary role and that Aaron would be able to become, uh, be appointed as our next senior pastor. Now, again, we arrived at a unified decision. I remember the evening that I made the pitch to our full elder board, and it was kind of like, now, okay, hang on a second. So Aaron's going to become our senior pastor, yeah, and you're going to stick around. How's that going to work? And you just process that. You, and then you close the meeting without a decision, and then this is who you call with questions. This is what you do with input. You meet again the next month. It's the humility and patience to arrive at a unified decision. I believe that... Let's go back to that verse in Ephesians. I mean, this is, read this as if it's for you. Make how much effort? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Make every effort. Do not tolerate a culture of polarized division in your church. Do not tolerate a culture of polarizing division. Make every effort. I just say without this unified thing, we're we're not us. We never would have made it to where we are without a spirit of unity. So that's value number two. Value number three is value generosity. And uh, we don't, uh, often when we're speaking of God, we don't use the word generosity. We use another word. The word we use is grace, but it's really the same thing. So uh, when you find these words in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where the apostle Paul writes, for you know the what? You know the 
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what Paul is talking about, he's writing, he's trying to generate an offering, a financial offering in Greece that will be sent over to Israel for a famine relief offering. So he's motivating people in Greece to collect this offering for Jewish Christians in Israel. And so uh, he, he says, listen, in the middle of this, listen, I need to ask you to participate in this. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he would go on to say, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Uh, when we, a conversation about grace is a conversation about that aspect of God's character that is wildly generous. He gives and he gives and he gives. It's born in the heart of God. A conversation about grace is a conversation about the generosity of God at his very core, at his very being. Uh, Over the course of a year, Ada Bible Church will host dozens of funerals across our campuses. We would hold the funeral service, but then there's opportunity for the family to have a meal, a luncheon usually that is prepared. Sometimes these are fairly small. Sometimes these are really large. And our practice and our history has been to offer that to the family at zero cost to the family. Part of our rationale there is that when someone is going through the grieving process of losing a family member, the last thing we want them to do is to have to think about, number one, the organization of a meal, and number two, the expense of a meal. And so our church, you, we, we, we cover this for the family. And so <laughs> there was a funeral some years back. Edward Shepard, who was our uh, director of operations, he was uh, volunteering that day, assisting that day, and a man not connected to Ada Bible Church approached him uh, and said, hey, uh, I'd like, to, I'd like to pitch in, and I'd like to help the family with their expenses for the meal. And Edward looks back at him and says, yeah, there, there, there is no expense to the family. And the guy looks at him and goes, what kind of church is this? And I think he was trying to figure out the business model, <laughs> the financial model. And he's kind of like, no, no, people give uh, uh, throughout the year, and uh, we're, this is just something that we delight to do. But what, what, what kind of church is this? A more thorough answer is when someone is captured by the generosity of God for them, it should uh, release generosity in them, generosity of time, generosity of treasure, and generosity of our talents. A couple more stories on this generosity thing. Um, it was uh, March 5. 2022. I was on this platform, and uh, the war had just broken out between Russia and Ukraine, and there were literally millions of refugees fleeing Ukraine into neighboring countries like Poland and Moldova. And ministries there, like smaller churches, Bible colleges, were totally overwhelmed by the influx and the opportunity of these uh, refugees crossing into their border. So it was weekend of March 5, and I said, listen, uh, our, our total offering this weekend, whatever we give this weekend, will go toward uh, supporting uh, churches in like Poland, Moldova, uh, in, in their service of refugees that are, that are crossing their borders. It's a picture we took that was one of the results of that. And whatever money comes in this week, so it's like a seven-day window. During those seven days, you all gave over a million dollars to that single offering. 
uh, and in one respect, I would go, man, it's extraordinary, that unbelievable. And there's another respect in which I just go, and that's exactly the kind of thing you would do. It is. Uh, if, if, you capture, if you get captured by the grace of God and the generosity of God, man, there's just something that should overflow in generosity for others. One last event that I feel kind of like critical to the last 25 years and this generosity thing. Um, over the last 25 years, we've had you know, five or six major projects. And by major project, I mean building a campus or adding a significant addition to a campus. Five or six major projects. In each of those cases, we have been able to pay off those buildings or additions within three years of occupancy, with no long-term debt. The beauty of that is that it quickly allows us to focus on the ministry in the building and the ministry through the building rather than being consumed with the mortgage on the building. <laughs> it allows us to immediately pivot from getting a structure built to utilizing it to the full capacity. Whenever, whenever uh, we have generous impulses, I, 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 never th I think we're never making the first move. We're never beginning the conversation. I think it's a response to the generosity of God, who's generous in creation and also generous through the cross. You look at the beautiful world around us, the way plants grow, waterfalls. It's just God is incredibly generous through the way our world is rigged. The beauty of creation and nature and then the gift of Jesus on the cross. We're never making the first move or responding to the generosity of God in that Second Corinthians thing where the Apostle Paul is trying to motivate this Greece church to help with this famine relief offering. He threw down this line. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And sometimes I go, why? Why does God love a cheerful giver? God loves a cheerful giver because he's a cheerful giver. <laughs> and when generosity becomes part of our core, it's like we're, it's like the DNA of the generous God is getting transplanted in us. Listen, we're becoming more of the people we were created to be as we become more generous with our time, with our talent, and also with our treasure. These, these three values, they're just three of the values, there are more. But this deal about humility, this deal about uh, unity, this deal about generosity, I look at those and I go, without those, we're not us. We never would have been able to become the church family we've been able to become without those values. I think they're important values not simply to look back and say, okay, let's explore the last couple decades. I think those values are critical to cling to as we move into this next season as we move into a productive, life-giving future together. And so, <laughs> may our gracious God sustain us. <laughs> may we continue to feel his blessing and his favor as we pursue his way. 
So now I get to be joined by a few people. So let me ask you to come on up, Aaron and Katie and Chris and Greg, as we move toward this ceremony. For those of you that don't know Chris, this is my wife, Chris, who has shared the journey with me for the last 40 years. And this is Katie Buer, who will share the journey with Aaron. And this, this is Greg Flick, the chairman of our board. And so, yeah. So uh, Greg and his wife, Sarah, they attend our Kentwood campus. And I'm thinking that you guys have been with us, Ada Bible Church, for 25 years. About 25 years. And uh, as the chairman of our board, uh, see, in our structure at ADA, I don't have the authority to select uh, my successor. That is processed uh, through a group of elders. And so Greg is the one, as our chairman, who has been shepherding this process for the last three and a half years. So, Greg, we're deeply, deeply indebted to you as you've walked us through this process. Well, it's a joy. It's been a joy to see how the Lord has moved. And Jeff, we've been asking the question this morning, how did we get here? Yeah. And I want to take a couple of minutes and just talk about the process of how we got here. But I think it's important to recognize today as being a sacred moment. We believe this is a moment that's been ordained in the life of Ada Bible Church. The Lord, through his graciousness, has not given us a lot of practice at transitions. <laughs> it's been 40 years since we've done one of these. And so how did we get here? Yeah. Three and a half years ago, July of 2020, you approached the governing elder board with two questions. Yeah. Did we view Aaron as a potential candidate for senior pastor? And could there be a role for you in a revised capacity? Yeah but remaining on staff at Ada Bible. And you addressed a little bit of that in your message. Mm -hmm. But that kicked off a journey over the course of the last three and a half years where the governing elder body, a group of seven of our 13 elders, spent a year praying, discerning for wisdom, asking the Lord for wisdom, going through a book that helped us ground uh, spiritual practices and finding the Lord's will through this process. That led to the creation of a transition committee who worked diligently. That group was extremely important. The wisdom and discernment that they brought was uh, priceless in terms of uh, being able to help us think through what transition could look like. We also had friends of the ministry who know and love Ada Bible Church, know and love Jeff, and know and love Aaron, and they were able to speak truth. And the unity that Jeff was talking about during his message came over time. And a little over a year ago, we had the opportunity to share with the elder board in general uh, the recommendation that Aaron would be made senior pastor. And after a period of prayer and discernment on their end, earlier this year in January, they unanimously affirmed Aaron as our next senior pastor. And it was that journey 
that exemplified a lot of the three traits that you were talking about. Generosity of wisdom, mm -hmm. unity in body, and humble servanthood. And so in that, we sit here today easily answering the question that yes, Aaron can indeed be the next senior pastor of Ada Bible Church. And then the second question was a pretty easy one to answer too. Mm -hmm. Because we don't believe that the Lord's done with you and your dead. ministry yet. yet. <laughs> and so in this next season, the yeah. opportunity for you to continue to teach and preach here at Ada, yeah. but to be in a space of having a little more margin of time without some of the executive responsibilities to mentor, to um, encourage ministry leaders and pastors here in the West Michigan area and beyond is a way that we yeah. see the Lord using your gifting yeah. over the course of the next number of years. Absolutely, that is applause worthy. And Aaron, we've had the privilege of seeing you grow as a leader and a communicator. Starting out in Lifeline 15 years ago, our daughter was under your teaching during that season. And so here we come to this point in time. You have a, you have a passion to teach. You have a heart for West Michigan to hear the gospel. And we as a body here at Ada Bible Church are so excited to learn and serve under your leadership in this next season. And so it gives me great joy on behalf of the elders of Ada Bible Church to confer on you the title of senior pastor. <laughs> Oh, Greg, I really appreciate those very kind words and uh, your leadership through this process has been exceptional. Uh, I wanna take a couple moments and uh, just attempt to honor you, Jeff. Uh, and I wanna do that speaking on behalf of myself and also uh, just seeking to represent uh, all of you, our congregation who have been so deeply impacted by Jeff's ministry. So um, when I think about your 40 years of leadership, what comes to mind for me is one of your favorite biblical characters, one of your favorite sermons, the Samuel Circuit. Yeah. So the prophet Samuel, uh, he's this leader in ancient Israel and he has this circuit that he travels from Bethel to Gilgal to, to Mizpah. Yeah, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's what he does. That's how he spends his life traveling this circuit year after year as a judge in Israel uh, leading and serving, shepherding his people. And uh, I just think that's such a picture of how you have led our church, mm -hmm. Jeff. Wow. And um, uh, another phrase that comes to mind is just uh, slow and steady faithfulness. And uh, if you've been around Ada Bible for any length of time, you've heard Jeff use this phrase and talk about how it's about bringing yourself over and over again to the same meaningful but mundane tasks yep. And that's, that is how you live a significant life. And uh, Jeff, that's something that you've not only taught, but you've lived out. Mm. Because you two were 21 years old in 1983 mm -hmm. when you stepped into this role as senior pastor and you have faithfully led this church for 40 years. It's oh, yeah. amazing.
That's enough. That's enough. Thank you. You, you still have to listen to him. He's, he's still in charge. Yeah. So you must be seated. My last act of authority. Sit down. Sit down. Oh, man. Uh, Chris, I just want to thank you as well. Uh, you have served this church so faithfully in a variety of ways, sometimes as a staff member, many times as a volunteer, as a coach, a mentor, uh, always a faithful encourager. And you have stood by this man so faithfully and such a steady presence. And uh, I just believe that you have had a significant role in Jeff's longevity as a pastor. Yeah. Couple highlights. Forty years of leadership. Yep. God has blessed this church. It has grown. We are unified. We are strong. Four campuses. No scandals. Thank God. No church splits. Happily married. Yes. <laughs> and you still love Jesus. I do. I'd say that's a win. <laughs> So let's talk about what's next. Uh, you're, not, you're not done. No. You're, you're not retiring. No. Uh, you and Chris are going to take uh, a three-month break. Well, what's next is I get to do Christmas Eve services next week. That's, That's like, true. Let's not jump next. ahead. And then uh, take 100 days. Your, your first 100 days in office. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I'll make myself scarce. And uh, we're going to divide the time between Grand Rapids and places warmer than Grand Rapids. <laughs> And uh, when you come back, you're going to come back full-time yeah. as our teaching pastor. Yeah. And uh, what's your first series when you come back? Uh, April 14. April 14, I plan on starting a series called Rekindle. And it's taken from uh, the Apostle Paul's words to a younger pastor, Timothy, where he challenges him kind of to fan into, fan into flames his gift. And uh, in, any, in all of us, there's times where like the fire dies slow and it's almost gone. And how do you get that fire kicked back up again? So Rekindle coming to a church near you <laughs> on April 14th. Awesome. 14th. So, Jeff, I'm just so grateful that you're going to continue to be a part of this church. Yeah. Uh, I'm so grateful that your teaching gift will continue to bless our yeah. congregation. And just yeah. on a personal level, I'm, I'm very thankful mm -hmm. that you will continue to be in my life as a mentor, mm -hmm. as a guide, and as a friend. All righty. And a few words to you before the baton pass. Katie, uh, I, I never could have done this without Chris. And I know that can sound a cliche, but really, uh, there are aspects of the position that, are, that can be consuming. And uh, in a sense, it was my calling. In a sense, it had to be our calling to be able to do this for, for the length of time that we have. And so I want to thank you uh, for sharing this journey with Aaron, for supporting him. And I believe genuinely from the bottom of my heart that you are the perfect complement to Aaron as he enters this role. All right. And Aaron, uh, I want to say a few words about the position, about our work. And uh, the imagery that I want to use is the imagery of a shepherd. And 
Peter was a disciple of Jesus, and he was young, and he left his fishing boats to travel around with Jesus. When we find him later in life, he's not young, he's older, he's a seasoned leader, he's a veteran, and he's offering counsel and direction to other church leaders. And so uh, Peter, in the first letter of Peter, chapter 5, he writes these words to church leaders. He says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Not because you must, but because you are willing. There are some things in that that I find is incredibly compelling. The first is just the position is that of shepherd. And it's just important for us to keep our minds straight about that. Because uh, the role of senior pastor at Ada involves organizational leadership. But while organizational leadership is involved, we need to remember we're shepherds, we're not CEOs. We're shepherds. Uh, We present messages that we hope are interesting. We hate to see you sleep while we teach, and we, we want the messages to be interesting, but while we devote an incredible amount of time to develop interesting messages, we're shepherds, we're not entertainers, and uh, Aaron, because of the reach of Ada Bible Church, uh, you will find yourself even more increasingly recognized, and we just need to remember, we're shepherds, we're not celebrities. Primarily, the position is that of a shepherd. A little thing that I've said to myself over the time, just to anchor myself, is uh, I want to have huge impact without acting like a big deal. Huge impact without acting like a big deal. Uh, we're shepherds. The, the last clause there, just not because you must, but because you are willing, uh, I just have to remind myself, Aaron, to work out of uh, get to, not have to, because have to language seeps in really quick. I have to speak again next weekend. And weekends occur with amazing regularity. It's like they feel like they come in about every three days, you know. So I have to speak again this weekend. I have to go to another board meeting. Uh, I have to walk with a few staff people through a kind of messy situation. Have to language creeps in. And uh, as much as possible, you know, just that deal, not because you must, but because you're willing. Get to language. I get to pour myself out another weekend. I get to participate in another board meeting and be involved in a leadership conversation. I get to walk with a few staff through a difficult and challenging situation. And that language, what that does is it just trains the heart to remember that ministry is a privilege. Get to. Just the last uh, compelling thing I see here is just uh, the instruction that Peter, Jesus' disciple, gave was shepherds God's flock that is under your care. God's flock, our care. So uh, it could feel today like it was my church, and now it's Aaron's church. Never was my church. God's church are under our care. And I think the reason that Peter stepped into this uh, shepherd imagery, I think it came out of the most embarrassing moment of his life. Because as a disciple of Jesus, the the, the night before Jesus gets crucified, Peter shows up at the trial, and three times in one night, he disowns Jesus. He's kind of like, hey, you're one of his followers, right? I don't know what you're talking about. And so after the resurrection, there's this conversation. There's this on the Sea of Galilee, on the shoreline, where Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And I think that question killed him. You know, do you love me? And Peter says, I do love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And they said, take care of my lambs. And so... The, the, and so Peter then uses this shepherd thing with other uh, church leaders, but it's kind of like uh, we demonstrate our affection for Jesus by caring for them. Uh, I show my love for Christ by loving his people, his church. Uh, shepherding, uh, leading, 
feeding, and, and caring. So let me just say a few things about them. Uh, the shortest answer I can give when someone says, why have you been at the church, same church for 40 years, the most honest and shortest answer I can give is because there was no congregation I would rather shepherd. Over the years, when different you know, opportunities presented themselves to jump to one thing or the other, literally I went, why would I want to do that there with them when I could be here doing this with you? Aaron, I hope that you have even a fraction of the joy and satisfaction that we have had in serving this congregation. And now a word to you. Uh, if there are easy jobs out there, this, this isn't one of them. There are some weeks that can be really hard, and there are some weeks that can be really heavy, discouraging and heavy. And so my challenge to you is just do everything you can to support and encourage, to encourage and support. You have a really great guy here. Do everything you can uh, to support Aaron and Katie and to encourage them. Aaron, I'm proud of you. I believe in you and I'm for you. And it will be a delight for us to serve under your leadership at Ada Bible Church. All right. Now for the moment, let's move over there and we'll be joined by some of our elders and their spouses. Aaron, these are the words that Paul gave to Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Aaron, do you promise to wholeheartedly serve Jesus and the Ada Bible Church family, faithfully teaching the word of God and fulfilling all of the responsibilities of senior pastor? I do. Ladies and gentlemen, please, you got the baton. Let me ask you to remain standing. And in our other uh, spaces and other campuses, if I could ask you uh, to stand as well. Uh, Greg and then Chris are going to just offer a prayer uh, over uh, Aaron and Katie as they begin this, uh, this next season. There is a beautiful picture uh, that Paul wrote to Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy. Young pastor who he was encouraging where he says, remember when you were... Um, encouraged by the elders, by the laying on of hands. It's a commissioning. And so a few of our elders and spouses are here. 
we're going to lay hands on Aaron and Katie and just commit them to the Lord in, in this next season. So please uh, pray with us uh, at all of our campuses. Heavenly Father, you are such a good God, and it is a celebration of your faithfulness that we honor and recognize you at the heart of everything this morning. God, your generosity to us through sustained, steady leadership, uh, we have to just pause and give you thanks. Thank you for Jeff and for Chris, for their ministry, for the way that they faithfully led, for the unity, for the humble servanthood, and the ways that they've led. And Lord, we come to you today as we look ahead to what, your, what you have as a calling for your church here at Ada. And Lord, we lift up Aaron and Katie to you. Lord, we pray that your face would shine on them. We pray that you would guard their hearts, protect their marriage, protect their family. Lord, tune their ears to hear the whisper and the voice of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you would encourage them. We pray that they would be comforted in times when comfort is needed and they would be emboldened to speak when those times come too. Lord, this is your church. You sent Jesus as a baby in a manger that we sang about this morning to come and die because you love the church so much. And it is in his name we pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day and for this moment. Um, you have done exceedingly abundantly more than all we could ask or hope for with Ada Bible Church. Through, his, through your people and through this church, you are changing West Michigan. You are changing Grand Rapids, and you are changing the world for you. And thank you for this wonderful adventure to be a part of. And now as we um, look to Aaron as the new leader of Ada Bible Church, we just thank you for him. Lord, I know that you are smiling down, and you are so proud of him. As the journey continues for Ada Bible Church, <clears throat> I know you will continue to impact West Michigan and the world for you through this new leadership. Uh, bless he and Katie on this new venture, their family. I ask that you will give them a million, million blessings because of being in this ministry. And also, Lord, I ask that when the hard times come and sometimes the burden feels too heavy for them, I just ask that you will surround them with a lot of people who will uphold them in prayer, but also be there to physically uphold their arms and keep them strong so that they can continue to do the work that you've got them to. We are grateful. We love you. And we give you glory. Amen. Let me ask you to stay standing here and at our other spaces as well. I'm so grateful that you're here today, and we're going to close by singing a song today.